Hey there, friends. This is that special time once again. You know what time it is. It's time for another... Time for another Icarian episode of V8 Radio, Kevin. Icarian. Yeah. What the heck does that mean? Icarian means excessively ambitious. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> and that is this show to a T. That's it. I'm your host, uh, Kevin Icarian Osti here on VA Radio, joined by our esteemed co-host, Mr. Mike Icarian Cumal Clark. <laughs> well, all right. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. This is, uh, this is our fun way of sharing automotive stories and experiences and nonsense uh, with you, whether you like it or not. <laughs> I guess uh, they're in control of the stop button as well as the play button, so I yeah, shouldn't we, threaten We've them. deactivated that. You're in, you're in for it, the long haul. <laughs> right listeners. on. That's that new, uh, that new app. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the disabler. That new update that just came through? That's what we did. Right. Yeah, you can't turn us off now. <laughs> Right on. Well, this is V8 Radio, and uh, as you know, if you listen, we start off every single episode with uh, some sort of automotive-related trivia question, and uh, we hold the answer till the end because it's, uh, you know, half the fun is the journey, is what they tell me. So, Mr. Q, have you, in fact, prepared a trivia question for this episode? Si, senor, I have. It's going to be short, sweet, and to the point. Mm Mm-mm. What are the two cars in the Beach Boys song, Shut Down? Uh, it's a uh, Cobra, a Shelby Cobra, and a, uh, a Corvette, right? A 327 Corvette? I don't know. Is I it? don't know. <laughs> Nobody knows until the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so Kevin says... That's not right. Uh, oh, let's, okay. Let me think. Well, I mean, that's that was the the cars from Hey Little Cobra. Uh, but I'm gonna shut you down. Is that what you asked for? Shut what, down. What yes. Shut down. Yes. Yeah. And I know better than to ask you a song. Uh, yeah. Automotive song. But well, you I'm know doing what? Doing it again. My mind is so not in that right now. Was it the Super Stock Dodge or the Four Thirteen? Uh, and the Dodge. Well, let's see. That came out in like '66. That's not the bonus. I I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is one of those letdown questions, friends, because I should I should know this instantly, but I've uh, I do not have Beach Boys on the brain. Um. Also, this is a Yardley question. A just, yard. A Yardley fed question. Oh, of course it was. Yeah, yep. Thanks, thanks, Yards. Appreciate that. Um, <laughs> our listener Yardley feeds us questions, uh, but also runs the stats for our mm-hmm. uh, our win and loss columns. And I think he um, he was noticing that the stats are a little bit skewed uh, in one way. So he fed you this question to trip me up. And it's working right now. So <laughs> That's thank exactly you for that. what he did. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> See, I've known this guy for like 20 years. You don't know. I've known uh, Mr. Yardley longer than that, since I think 1998 or so, when I wrote a a magazine article on how to rebuild the suspension on a Buick Riviera. Mm. And uh, he was a reader at the time and read it. And I think he emailed me. No, no, he emailed me saying, hey, you know, cool car. Because it was a 69 that I had at the time, and he has a 69. And 
and uh, we just kind of were emailing. You know, back in those days, that's the only way to communicate was telephone or email or right. you know, snail mail. And uh, that's how we uh, that's how we met was through a, a magazine cool. article. Yeah. It doesn't change the fact I can't remember what the hell cards are in this song. <laughs> Play the song um, in your head. I'm playing it, man. I'm turning it up. I'm I'm shifting balance to the left and to the right. I'm screwing I'm with fading the fading back in front. <laughs> yeah, I'm screwing with the treble and the bass. Uh, I'm gonna. All right, I'm just throwing this out there because I I don't remember. I'm gonna say it was a Corvette and a, a Superstock Dodge. Corvette and a. Super stock Dodge. Now, the funny thing about that particular song is a lot of those mid 60s, well, even, you know, late 50s and early 60s, mm-hmm. what I would call, you know, bubblegum pop songs. Sure. Um, I have played those so many times when I used to be an oldies radio DJ that. I have blocked out entire chunks of music out of Is my head right? because I just can't hear them again. <laughs> no and, more. <laughs> right. And there's tons of Beach Boys that I really, really like, you know, mm-hmm. but um, it wasn't their earlier stuff, uh, which is, you know, a lot of it's car related, which is, which is fine. You know, right. I got nothing against the car stuff, but, um, you know, Little Deuce Coop, if I hear Little Deuce Coop again, I'm going to claw my eyes right out of my head. <laughs> and, and you probably will too, because that's, you know, like the go-to at all yeah. the car shows. Oh, completely. And it's like, why, man? It's not that great of a song, just because they talk about a little Deuce Coop. But <clears throat> I digress. I digress. So that, that was my, uh, my final answer. All right. So Kevin says, so on the, the, official, the official books, a Corvette and a Superstock Dodge, duly noted. Duly wrong, but thank you. Duly, duly noted. <clears throat> All right, I got one for you, my friend. You a, a being a um, an esteemed owner of a General Motors vehicle that oh. rides on the A body platform. Yes, sir. This is an A body trivia question. You ready? Yeah, let's have it. All right. What was the only GM A body car that came from the factory? With a lower front air dam. Some would call it a spoiler. Hmm. The only A body car that came with a front spoiler or front from air the dam. factory. From the factory. That's right. The plant, if you will. The plant. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's see here. We have. Um, mm-hmm. Buddy, gonna shut you down. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, got me with my own question. <laughs> That's right, I got it wrong. <laughs> um, let's see here. So we have a, an A body platform. We have your Olds Cutlass, which would be also a four four two. Mm-hmm. You got your 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 Le Mans GTO. You got your Chevelle, your Malibu Chevelle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what am I missing? Buick Olds. Uh, uh, Buick your uh, your Buick uh, GS. Mm-hmm. Or a Regal. Um, Regal was not really an A body. I don't. Th- well, I guess it could well, have been later uh, on, maybe. Maybe in the well. What? What was the? Uh, what was the GS based off of? 
the Buick GS was an A body. Right. Uh, but the Regal didn't come out until like 75 oh, okay. or 6. So right. it was later. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, well, I'm going to say... 73? Of all those three, I mean, I, I'm i going to say the GS. It was the Maybe. Buick GS. Uh-huh. It came with a front spoiler, front air dam. I mean, it's a, it's a total wag, but of of those three, I think that would be the one. Okay. Is there any um, any further uh, specification you want to you want to make on that? I mean, time period or, or particular. I mean, a bodies were. Let me see. A bodies were what from sixty four through seventy. Two technically. Yeah, two yeah. technically. Yeah. Of those, I mean, the 60s cars, I don't think any of them did. I think we're talking closer into, like, 70, 71, 72, where it would have a factory spoiler. And of those cars, the only thing that comes to mind that would I think would have that, for some reason in my mind, I'm I'm seeing, like, a a a yellow GS Stage 1 with a front spoiler on it. That's the image that's coming into my mind. That's a great image. It's a great that image. should be in absolutely. your mind all the time. Terrific. It absolutely <laughs> should. And it's going to be. Yeah. But that is what is coming to mind when I say that. I, I almost want to say a 71 or 72 GTO, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the GS on this one. Right on. And that's my final answer. Final answer. Mm-hmm. Duly noted. Right on. Mm-hmm. Carved stone. So it's uh, it's been great here today. We uh, we're finally getting some weather, getting into the springtime a little bit. Oh, let me tell you, I was out uh, cleaning the garage today. I had the garage door open. I was sweeping. I was getting things organized. It felt great. All the snow's just about yeah. all gone from the yard. Got to enjoy. Some yeah, we don't have any peace s- on the back deck. It was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, that is nice. We um, we haven't had snow here in a while, although it's only been a couple of weeks to be honest with you, but. Um, it was um, in the, I think, pushing 70 here today. Oh, really? Yeah, I did the oh, same got thing. Got the cars out of the garage and, and cleaned up the garage quite a bit. Did some reorganization, some spring cleaning, if you will. Mm-hmm. Very nice. It was nice. You got a nice um, setup going on there. You got your Marantz. You got your, you got your microphone. You got your, your cabinets there. You got your, your neons. Yeah, the neons are on. Yeah. The uh, LED under cabinet lighting. Oh, very nice. My old, uh, you can't see it uh, from, from your vantage point, but my old uh, uh, liquor store sign is up on the wall. Right on. That, uh, picked up All at the right. pawn shop that time. It's a, I don't know, it's about 12 inches high and a two and a half feet wide, and it's one of these signs that you can change the letters on when you go to the checkout counter and it would, you know, or at the, the refrigeration case where you're going to buy cold beer and right. have you know all the different beers listed with the you know case price and the 12 pack 12 pack price and uh this thing dates back to the 70s and uh were you with me that day when i got it or or is that the thing you got at the pawn shop yeah yeah absolutely yeah paul and i were there yeah that's right that's right yeah we came down uh to help you celebrate your birthday and we went to a pawn shop that's Which right. no finer way to celebrate. Oh, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, so you could buy this old, you know, liquor store sign that actually worked. And and the fun thing is the the letters they had them like pre-printed for such famous beers as Narragansett and Blitz <laughs> and Lucky <laughs> and Schlitz and Olympia and Red, White, and Blue. So those are all up on the walls. So. All the big players from the seventies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, old style, you know, which is yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it was nice to get out in the garage and get the lights on and get uh, get the work surface cleaned off. And um, I've been kind of going from project to project out here, you know, with the ability to have the heat on. So uh, these past, you know, two weeks or so, I've been doing a lot of uh, art projects. So that stuff was all out. So it's time to put the tools away, you know, so I can start fresh again and move on. Nice. You've uh, yeah, you've been busy with uh, some uh, some renderings you've been making. Yeah, right. Um, so last time we we talked briefly about the uh, the Cadzilla image, mm-hmm. and uh, I said I wanted to move into the alcohol based markers instead of the water based, and uh, made that happen. They showed up in the mail um, right before uh, Kelly and I went out of town to California, so I didn't get a chance to play with them that day you know i wanted to like anything fun that comes in the mail <laughs> uh but i changed up the paper a little bit i got some tracing paper and, and the alcohol-based markers and uh it's great they, they do everything that i wanted them to do um i was having some problems with you know visible brush strokes and being able to blend colors mm-hmm. and now with with those markers in the right paper um the possibilities are opening up quite a bit so um within a 24-hour period i did a uh a rendering of our our family's old '79 Dodge Maxi van conversion van with the custom paint that had so great nine million fades on it and a, <laughs> a mural of Colorado on the side and the whole thing. Um, and then I I broke into uh, a version of uh, my '70 Riv um, and then of course your car. The yes, yes, the Golden Goat was uh, yes. immortalized in on tracing paper and, and alcohol marker. <laughs> yeah, right. Immortalized. <laughs> you could it. just, you know, ball up the paper and throw it away, and <laughs> the immortalization will have gone. come to a to a screeching halt. But no, that was pretty cool, though. I, I you know, just kind of threw that out there that I was doing these, and you're like, "Hey, do the GTO." So, yeah. um, when you do drawings of cars, you obviously kind of get close to the design maybe closer than he would just by looking at him uh and i always said that if you want to if you want to get to know a particular car wash it you know, mm. you'll rub over every single surface you know you'll, you'll feel it out in fact hmm. i've actually told people when they're going to go buy a car to ask the person if you can take it to a hand wash and uh oh yeah yeah well you'll see all the scratches and feel the dents and all that stuff ah but That's uh good. yeah you know, I, I, I don't want to call it treat cheating, but I, I halfway cheated uh, with your GTO image because I did find a pose of, of the car and then used uh, the tracing paper to trace out the proportions because that's the trickiest part. You know, once uh-huh. you get the proportions down, the rest is, isn't so bad. <clears throat> and that's a trick I learned from Mr. Chip Foose, and it's okay with him. It's okay with me, right? Well... We know how I feel about Chip, so if that's the route you, the route you took, <laughs> yeah. I'm all for it. <laughs> right. And I certainly do stuff that's completely 
freehand without tracing, you know, but in this case, I just, I'm in the mode, you know, what they tell you if you're going to be a painter, you know, of a certain medium or whatever, that a great way to, to start is by copying somebody else's work just for okay. the exercise of doing it. So in this case, it was, uh, just trying to recreate an image, you know, of a particular car. So this, in this case, the one I found was a different color, but, um, Mm-hmm. I got, you know, I kind of traced out the GTO and then, you know, colored it and filled it in and changed a few things like the, the reflections on the side and stuff like that. But, uh, it was cool. I hadn't paid, you know, that much attention to a few elements on the, the 66 and seven GTO as I did when I was doing the sketch and it was kind of neat. Good. Well, good. I'm glad that, uh, you, I'm glad you did it for me and I'm glad I was able to, uh, kind of keep you, uh, uh, immersed in this. So that was cool. Yes. I've been wanting to have my car drawn forever. And really? my my yeah. Well, who doesn't? I mean, who doesn't want a rendering of their own car? I think it's killer. Well, that that is true. And uh my daughter who's very artistic and she's a very very talented artist, I I I say, "Listen, draw my car for me." She's like, "Absolutely not." That that is not <laughs> what I draw. I will not be good at that. I will not do that to you. So, ah, man, okay. But then when I saw you sent me that the rendering of your rib, I'm like, ooh, here's my opportunity. Ah, well, <laughs> there you go. You, you well, took it, perfect. and uh, I'm glad you dig it. I, I thought that one came out good. And, and the fun thing is every one of these is getting better and better as I do them. So For sure. I actually like the picture of your car better than the one I did of my own. <laughs> oh, come on now. No, this, the, the second one you did of your, of your rib turned out dynamite. Well, that was actually the same image. It was, what did you just, just spruce it up a bit? Yeah. So the first time, um, you know, one of the challenges is making the appearance of light reflections on the paint. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the ways you can do that is to take a, a darker version of a color and a lighter version of the color. And the lighter version goes where the light reflects and the darker version, you know, sure. where it's not. And I did the ribbon red, which is tricky because reds, they only get lighter to a certain point and then they just go pink. Mm. Okay. If you add white to red paint, you get pink. True. Right? There is no like light red. I see. If you think about it. And okay. um and that's kind of a bummer because th- there are some times that I, I really wanted to do a lighter color red, but they just they just turn pink, you know. Mm. So, uh that's what ended up happening on this rendering is you know, along the top of the fender and whatnot where the light reflects. Um my marker set is kind of limited, at the, you know, it's only I don't know. It, it's not every color of the rainbow for sure. Mm-hmm. And there was a light red kind of pink thing. So that I made the, the light areas, this pinkish color. And then I sent it to you and you checked it out and it, it was kind of grinding on me because I didn't think it was, you know, accurate. But the cool thing with these particular alcohol markers is you can, you can go back in the drawing and, and keep changing stuff. And that's one of the things that I'm learning through this process because as I said uh, in our previous episode, that I always thought you had like one shot to get this right. Right. Or you got to start over or whatever. And uh, in this case, this is this is purely a learning experience. So I mm-hmm. thought, well, what happens if the thing's been done for, you know, in this case it was overnight, I guess. And um, let's just try. So I went back in and laid some darker colors over the the pink stuff. And, and it worked. You know, it, it, it came up more realistic looking, I thought, and, mm-hmm. and pretty vivid. So, yeah. So that was the same picture. Wow. 
That's cool because I because I did notice differences in it. Not just not just the color, but like I mentioned earlier uh, to you, uh, in the wheels, I could tell there was it looked like some more attention was paid mm-hmm. on the wheels, so they looked a little had a little more depth to them and they a little more shine to them. And I, I thought that was that they looked they turned out really really nice. Well, thank you. And and yeah. wheels and tires for me are the hardest part because um, I've got circle guides and and ellipse guides that you know you can. You can draw the shape of them, but mm. if you're gonna, you know, shade it or put a gradient in there, you gotta have a steady hand. It's it's that simple, mm-hmm. and you gotta be able to draw in a circle. And and it's not something I do every day, so I always end up screwing those up, uh, or the the shading becomes over dramatic and it just looks fake, you know, wonky. But in this case, one of the cool things about the alcohol markers is they, a good kit will provide you with what they call a blender, which is a pen with just the alcohol and no ink. Mm-hmm. And okay. I've learned that people misuse these because they think you can put a couple of colors together and then run this blender pen and it will blend the two colors together. Uh, but what it really does is basically erase the ink if you have the right really? paper. Yeah. Huh. So the <clears throat> when I first started doing this on the Cadzilla stuff, the paper was real thirsty and the, the color just soaked in and, and it was done. Uh-huh. But tracing paper is pretty non-absorbent you know everything kind of sits on the surface so in the case of those wheels i was able to go back in with the with the blender pen and remove some of the earlier screw-ups and add a little more detail so cool so the ability to you know walk away from it and come back and and undo some of the you know the stuff you don't want really makes this a lot more enjoyable cool i like it's almost like an undo uh, feature almost yeah. yeah and it it takes some of the pressure off doing it and you know that was the biggest thing for me growing up it was like there was so much pressure to get it right either from myself or from you know an art teacher or a you know an assignment mm-hmm. and of course I was never a great student so I would wait till the last minute to do you know, everything <laughs> what and so there's Come time on. pressure and you only got one shot you know <laughs> to get this right uh, but today this is purely just for fun so it's like. Yeah, well, I'll set this over here and let's try this. And if it doesn't mm-hmm. come out, who cares? You know, right? There's more than one sheet of tracing paper. This so, is correct. Yeah, how about I ended that? up getting a, a fifty sheeter at half off. Oh, nicely done, <laughs> 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 Mister Thrifty. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Well, so today I, uh, I posted a couple of those. In fact, the GTO and the and the Riv image mm-hmm. on the Facebook page. And again, people have been super, super nice and, and positive about it. And some of my other artist friends, Ben Hermance, who's done renderings for us at, at the uh-huh. V8 Speed Shop in the past, he's brilliant. He's he's a digital artist, but he, he also has uh, the ability and, and the technique of doing, you know, analog, ink, pen, uh-huh. paint type stuff. And he... Uh, he said he liked them, and he said, you know, gave me a couple of tips and, and you know, a few things to do to make it easier and cool. shading and stuff. And, and that was that was super cool, you know, because I, I need them, and I'm listening to those those kind of tips. Absolutely. And it's just kind of nice to be able to know, you know, some of the top guys that do this stuff because uh, Hermance's work cool. is phenomenal. It yeah. is just, you know, so uh, visually articulate. It's crazy. And um, and for him to go, yeah, you're on the right track, you know, that was that was pretty neat. Yeah, that's neat. It's gonna need to be neat to see your how you progress through this in the in the upcoming months and how your designs change and how they improve and become even more realistic. So I'm looking forward to that. 
Well, good. So am I. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the no things, pressure. No, no, and I'm trying not to put pressure on this. And and you know, one of the things that I'm starting out, and I recommend anybody do if you want to try this stuff. Again, copy an existing image, mm-hmm. which does not involve any legitimate design work. This is just recreating what's already there. Sure. Uh, but I got a zillion design ideas for customs or, you know, what happens if we put this roof line on this car and all that kind of stuff. So I, I hope to be able to evolve into those um, and, and have them look decent and not just a, you know, a pencil sketch. Because in the past, I've done a lot of those just to get the idea across. And it's like, right. yeah, you kind of get it, right? This looks like a Hudson <laughs> and this kind of looks like it came from a Chrysler. Right? <laughs> but, but nothing was like, oh, I understand what's happening there. <laughs> I understand completely. <laughs> right. And the, the funny one was today I actually got uh, a, a requisition for a commission. You did not. I did, and it, it wasn't it wasn't yours. Uh huh. Um, and somebody else made a post saying, "Hey, let me know when you're out of cars. You know, you can do mine." But I got a text from a guy who's like, uh, "Hey, are you doing these for people? Because uh, it they, they looks good, and you know, we'd like one." So wow, yeah. holy cow, man! Yeah, and I'm in no position to you know open up a gallery and start selling this stuff, but. Uh. It was, again, it was just kind of neat that somebody thought they were cool enough to, to ask for one. And to your point, every one, I think, is getting better by a pretty good margin. So of course it is. The next, um, because I used to do this kind of stuff, but it was like 35 years ago. Right. Know? Yeah. Uh, and, and I didn't have the right tools and the time. And today I've got all that. And the next step is going to be incorporating the airbrush so that um, the gradients are much smoother than the brush strokes. Nice. And, uh, you know, hopefully <clears throat> we can get to A to B a little bit and uh, a little bit straighter of a line. But the, the guy who, who asked about it was somebody we just visited with in California. Is that so? Yes. Which is Do uh, tell. a nice little segue into our trip to California. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so last week, uh, Kelly and I just decided to actually – Take pretty much of a vacation. Nice. Which is very unusual for us. Yeah, well, Lord knows you needed it. Um, yeah, and I think everybody needs a vacation every yeah. once in a while. You know, um, Other cultures that are not here in the U.S. really get it. Uh, mm-hmm. The United States is bad about it. We think, you know, the harder you work, the better you are, and the better you'll do, and, and the more hours you put in. You know, there's a, a sense of esteem with that well i worked 200 hours last week how many right. did you work you know and there's that you know beat your chest because I'm, I'm i'm working all the time but the germans are like no no, no you need a month off forget it go home mm. recharge and and uh th- that's the thing is when you realize that if you can get your head cleared and you come back to your situation you'll approach it a refreshed but b maybe with more ideas or a different perspective on things and you'll do it better right so that was my justification for uh, uh, taking this little break. Uh, plus, last year sucked for everybody and, and travels, <laughs> right. you know, opening up and and all that. So Kelly and I used to live in Southern Cal, and we thought, hey, let's go back out and see some friends and and hang out and uh, enjoy some nice weather and and whatnot. And it was a wonderful trip. Good. It Good. was so I'm awesome. glad. 
Yeah, yeah. And again, we didn't put any pressure on it. There was no schedule. Didn't have to, you know, work and, and do an event or something. So it was like, there's a fine line there because we, we pre-scheduled enough things so that we were always busy, mm-hmm. um, but not like, we have eight minutes to get to the next one, you know? <laughs> uh, because the worst thing to me is when you go to do something and you don't make the plan and it's like, well, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? And then it's, it's over. Let's go to in and out I don't know. <laughs> yeah, again. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, man, we missed the opportunity. But in this case, um, we lined up a lot of uh, uh, time with, with some good friends that fortunately were flexible on, on when they could meet. So it's like, well, hey, Monday, how about we go down to Orange County and see, uh, uh, see these people? And, and we talk to them and we're like, sure. You know? and, and of course, with COVID, a lot of people aren't doing anything anyway. So... Mm-hmm. It made it a little bit easier, but one of the a couple of things that we noticed, the traffic is like fifteen to twenty percent in L.A. and Orange County at this point of what really? it typically was, and that's still because of COVID and sure. people working from home. And man, is that awesome! It's got to be awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Holy cow! So great. Well, we we got there and. Um, I think I booked the flights and uh, Kelly booked the lodging and we both ended up booking a rental car. Really? Yeah. We just both did it for whatever reason. So we get to the, the rental car place and the guy's like, okay, so let's see your license. And she hands him the license and okay, Kelly, I see, uh, you know, okay. I see you've got a, uh, a sports car of some sort. Uh, hmm. All right. Uh, you know, what are you, what are you after? And she, she just had rented a uh, Dodge uh, challenger two door and really liked it. So she had us on the list for a challenger. So, okay, cool. And I had forgotten that I also booked us. <laughs> so the rental car guy turns to me and he's like, okay, uh, Kevin, uh, let me see. Okay. We've got you down for an SUV. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, there must be some mistake here because I, I, I booked us this, this, uh, this Dodge. And I said, yeah, this is starting to sound familiar. Oh, and she's man. like, well, why the heck did you get us an SUV? And I said, uh, because it was the cheapest thing on the page. <laughs> uh, and it was welcome. just to get just to get from point A to point B. You know, the, the, the mission wasn't to go drive a car around. It was just to go have fun, you know. So I don't care. I just, you know, whatever. Let's just get wheels. Uh, but she's like, no, nah, let's, let's get something cool. So we canceled my uh, SUV and... The, the key master in the rental car parking lot says, okay, I got a Dodge Challenger over there. Uh, over here, I've got a, uh, a Charger uh, with a Hemi in it. You know, it's not really a sports car, but it's, you know, it is what it is. We got a Mustang over there. It's a six-cylinder. Uh, or you can have this. And, and he points to a uh, Camaro SS, you know, 6.2 LT1 car convertible. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Whoa. I said, yeah, well, we're going to, we're going to take the Camaro. We're going to take the Camaro, and I hope you're in agreement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Kelly didn't realize, you know, the SS on that thing is real small. You know, they're, they're really nondescript. And the whole thing is just yeah. this gunmetal gray with a black top. It doesn't call mm-hmm. any attention to itself at all. And I think she thought it was a six owner car. And she's like, well, you know, I, I, I like those, I like the Challenger. And I said, no, no, trust me. So we jump in and start it up, and she's like, oh, oh. I got you, you know, <laughs> once you hear the thing. And <laughs> the car had 25,000 miles on it uh, because I guess rental cars are 
they're keeping their fleets more now again because so? of yeah because the travel is down and you know oh, covid and all that okay. stuff so they're not flipping cars every 10,000 miles they're they're trying to get more life out of them and this poor car was beat to death really oh yeah. no i mean it, i was surprised the 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 chassis and the suspension were very tight it was still a very solid car even being a convertible uh-huh. but the engine <laughs> first of all the uh the starter was about to go out because it would you'd click it and it would struggle for the first couple of rotations and then it would hit oh, the start no. and i'm thinking oh man. oh man are we gonna get stuck somewhere with this thing but luckily that didn't happen and then once it came to life the engine rattled not like a rod but like you know loose valve train and oh, you know boy. it just made noise and uh and it didn't idle smooth. It would it would drop a, you know, not drop a cylinder, but it would. You know, those those dip cars a little bit. Yeah, those, those cars can't misfire because the check engine light comes on. It's like the end of the world if it takes sure. a misfire. Yeah. But it it was not a smooth idle. You know, it's it's falling on its face a little bit here and there, and and you know, but it's a, it's a rental Camaro, you know, SS. I mean, that's what happens to these poor things. Yeah, it probably lives its life at sixty five hundred RPM. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all been day. Yep. Ridden hard. So overall, it was a, a great car. Um, it uh, it rode way stiff, even in the touring mode, which is the the softest suspension setting. Um, and it kind of beat us up. I mean, I think we put six hundred and fifty miles on it over the course of four days, hmm. five days. Uh, so we drove quite a bit. And uh, the seats are very supportive, and you know it handles wonderfully. It handled really, really well. But from an everyday driver, especially on on a lot of those roads which have these expansion cracks, where you're just like, and then couple that with with no traffic, so you could you could drive. You know, we're driving 85 miles an hour on on the 405 freeway and on the 110 and the 126 all the time. You know, there was just no going slow, so it kind of beat us up pretty well did um, it but I, I i'm not complaining i we had a great time with the car and it got decent fuel economy and a lot of good features thank god they put a backup camera in those things from the factory finally oh yeah i'm sure the visibility are, was ridiculous the rear visibility oh, yeah it was horrible especially in the in the coupe that had the big sail panels and you know small yeah. rear window so that's that's better now so uh, it was cool and it's fun to be able to you know, rent something and, and try it on, you know, yeah, see right. what it's like. And, and especially like, you know, Kelly's philosophy, you know, we got the char- the Challenger last time and, you know, I'm like, well, let's get a Camaro this time. Who knows? Next time we get an opportunity, we, you know, maybe get a Mustang and just, you know, yeah. enjoy, compare them. Cool. Man. So it, it was cool. 85 miles an hour in Southern California freeways. That's like a fairy tale. Yeah. And, you know, you, you can do it um, even when... In the before times. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what it was like in the before times, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, but you'd only do it for a stretch of like two miles. Is that right? And then it was everybody on the brakes. Mm. And they've got the carpool lanes out there, the uh, the high occupancy lanes. So that made it better. You, know, you cut over in the carpool lane, and that's usually not stopping as much. Uh, but this time, man, as we made it back from... Uh, Santa Paula, California, which is basically almost Santa Barbara, all the way down to Redondo Beach in like just over an hour. And that's oh, normally boy. like a 
two and a half hour trip at least. Oh, gee whiz. So it was... Uh, That's killer. It was killer. It was weird. You know, when we got to the the airport, um, there's nobody there. Nobody in the <laughs> airport. And there's so many people there that uh, they're doing a really great job of having masks on all the time. And... And, you know, staying distant and just not doing stuff. And, and mm-hmm. the state, as of our, our visit, had only allowed for, you know, restaurants to open like two weeks before. Oh, boy. So these people have gone like a year um, without oh, being man. able to do anything. And where, where I live, um, that opened up quite a while ago just to reduce capacity and, yeah. you know, all the rest of it. But yeah. so out there, it was uh, only outside dining which is really nice. The weather's nice. Oh. They, they put tables up and heaters and all That's that stuff. delightful. It was. You, you couldn't go inside to eat, but uh-huh. you could hang out outside. And So we got there and, and started pinging our friends and saying, hey, well, let's go get something to eat. And they're like, oh, we can do that now. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So nice. one of the days uh, we had lunch with, uh, with my cousin, Heather, and her husband, Jimmy. And... Jimmy, uh, Jimmy and Heather are not, they're not car people. They're, they're flight attendants. Actually, they fly all over the world uh-huh. and Jimmy's a musician and, uh, he grew up in Southern Cal and I was pleasantly surprised to hear him, uh, uh, talking about our Van Halen trivia question about the car that we mentioned in, uh, in Panama. Oh yeah. And our last, I think it was the last show, right? Yeah. The, uh, the, um, not the Porsche, but the, um, the Lamborghini, um, Morale. Mur- Mur- God darn it. Mira, Mira, that's yes. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I went. So you, so you listen to our show, oh. <laughs> you know? And he's like, "Oh yeah, I listen all the time. It's great. It's a lot of fun." Nice. And I said, "Well, you're not really a car enthusiast." He's like, "It doesn't matter. It's just you know, a couple guys hanging out and talking." So that was cool, you know, to hear some positive feedback in that realm because, you know, sometimes we don't talk about car stuff. Yeah. Um, so we had lunch with Heather and Jimmy outside, and then our buddy Randy Lorenzen joined us. Nice. Yeah. And Randy lives right there in Redondo, and he's, you know, he's the quintessential Southern Cal surfer dude. Um, he's, I don't know, 60 now, 61, something like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he grew up at the right time where, you know, him and his buddies would skip school and surf all day and you know, just, just have a great time. And, uh, his creativity level is, is still off the charts. And of course he, he photographed the Cadzilla poster that, uh-huh. you know, I'm, I'm always staring at and, and the, the hot rod magazine swimsuit issues and, and the list of, you know, features that he's done goes on forever, but it was really great to hang out with him and, uh, and hear some more stories about some of these cars and photo shoots and stuff. So, uh, and the great thing was Heather and Jimmy, again, are not car people, but they were just hanging on, on all of his stories nice. you know, the whole time. So, you know, the last thing you want to do is be an enthusiast about something and be in mixed company uh-huh. and end up alienating, you know, half right. the people because they don't, they don't care. <laughs> 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 they just don't get it. It's just not their thing. Right. They just, it, then it doesn't matter to them. Right. Um, but I think, you know, our, our world is interesting enough to where, you know, everybody's got experience with cars in some way. And mm-hmm. even if it's not that they, they work on them or they like them or whatever, but, you know, hearing the, uh, 
the stories of what it was like to work with the guys from ZZ Top to put that photo shoot together. It was cool, you know? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're an enthusiast or not. It was just, uh, you know, fun experiences. So so that was really cool. And then we spent uh, another full day going north and visited uh, our buddy George Boscovich. And George is outside of Oxnard, California, and... I got to say it again. We were early every time we went somewhere because mm. we anticipated all this traffic. But um, George is a farmer, and it's great because he's so uh, understated when he talks about what he does. Mm. Oh, I'm a farmer, you know. Well, he farms, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of acres <laughs> in multiple countries, and and oh provides goodness. produce to grocery stores and restaurants. I mean, I'm, you you have eaten his stuff, you know. I I'm have sure. here, so. Uh, He's third generation. The fourth generation of the the Boscovich family is is farming now, and they've done very well over the years. Over a hundred year old farming operation. No kidding! Wow, yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah, so it, it it's afforded him the ability to get some some cool cars, and man, he's got some neat stuff. Mm. Uh, yeah, and I you, met him. You showed me a little bit of it, and it's it's crazy. It's yes, beautiful. Yeah, uh, I met him. I think in '99 or so. Uh, we did a Hot Rod Magazine TV episode at his collection, and his dad used to be a big street racer in the San Fernando Valley. No kidding. Van Nuys, yeah. And he had a 69 Mustang with a 427 single overhead cam motor. Oh. So one of the, the sock motors. Yeah. And the car was called Pops Toy because to, his nickname was Pops Boscovich. So that car was legendary in the Valley uh, as a street racer, and it got stolen at some point. Oh, no. Pop! Yeah, and it never got recovered. And word on the street is they they think it's in Canada now. No kidding. So if anybody knows where that thing's at, they want it back. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But um, so George that that I met with and and his his collection manager, Steve, Today, George has a recreation of that car, so he's got another 69 camera-powered. Okay. Um, that's done just like Pop's toy. If you didn't know the difference, you wouldn't know. And, and his dad's car was on the cover of Hot Rod in 83, I think. Nice. Um, yeah, and, and everybody knows that car, so it was good to see that. But then he's got, like, Boss 429 Mustangs with sequential serial numbers. Oh, boy. You know, the Vins are, you know, one, two, and three and whatnot. Oh, my goodness. And uh, he's got a bunch of Cobras, and he's got a bunch of uh, uh, late model Mustangs, you know, Shelby GT500s and GT350s. And mm. and every one is a little bit uh, more than what it appears on the surface. For example, there's a 2015 uh, sh- uh, Shelby GT350 sitting there. Jeez. This is cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, this is the last Shelby GT350 made for that year. That's cool. Yeah. This is also the last Ford vehicle built for the year. No kidding. Company-wide. And I'm like, that's that's cooler than it being the last Shelby. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, you know, he's got lots of these super high-end uh, you know, very collectible cars, and he's a Ford guy through and through. Yeah, so, definitely I mean? a Ford fanatic. 
Yes. Of course, we show up in this Camaro. (laughs) 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 Man. (laughs) But he forgave us and let us in. And that was the, um, so his, his sidekick that manages his car collection basically uh, uh, texted me and he said, Hey, we want you to do a rendering of George's GT40. Yeah, he right believed on. that. I'm like, dude. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, so then I'm thinking, oh, yeah, well, here comes the pressure. You know, you got to get this right. Uh-huh. But uh, but I told him, I'll tell you what, I, I, I was planning on doing the the Ford GT Mark IV that won Le Mans in 67, mm. the red number one car, um, just because I love the car. And it's very swoopy looking and it'd be a good challenge. Um so I'll do the late model GT uh, for George, and and if they like it, they can have it. You know, if not, then you know we'll throw it away. Whatever. So that's my way of keeping the pressure off everything. And oh yeah, you know, no pressure at all. Enjoying the uh, the process, and it was cool when we got up there because Kelly had never been to Boscovich Farms, but she grew up on a farm. She's a farm girl yep. through and through, and I knew that her and George would uh, would hit it off. So. George and I are standing there, and uh, Steve's there, and, and Miles Cook, who's a, a, a former magazine guy, was at Carcraft and uh-huh. Mustang and Fords and a lot of magazines. He's helping those guys with a, a Galaxy project, a 64. And Steve and Miles and I are looking at the cars, and George is like, you guys look at cars. Kelly and I are going to go in the house, get some coffee, and talk about farming. So, nice. Yeah, and she had all these questions uh, as we were driving up there because we're, we're going through a lot of his farmland you know, mm-hmm. and, and other farmland as we get there. And a lot of people think Southern California is nothing but, you know, pavement. Right. Um, but you get, you know, a half an hour north of the city and there's some really, really great farmland up there. So she kept asking me, well, what do you think that is? You know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a farmer. I, it's green. It's growing. That's all I can tell you. It's not corn. I know that. It is definitely not corn. <laughs> so she made a list of all these things. And I said, you can ask George, you know, he knows. So, uh, She's like, hey, George, as you're driving up, we saw this little field over here and, and it had green things growing that were like two feet high with this type of leaf. And he's like, yeah, those are artichokes. Mm. Like, wow. You know, artichokes. And where I live, artichokes don't grow. Nope. Never seen nope. an artichoke plant in my life. You know, nope. me either. I, I put them in my salad. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> so uh, the two of them had a great time, you know, chatting about all this stuff. So that was uh, that was cool. And George collects old tractors so nice he's, he's got the same style of tractors that he learned how to drive mm-hmm. on you know these old ford ends and stuff and he's got his very first car it's a, a 50 ford that his uh, grandfather gave him and no he's kidding. had it restored and it's sitting there that's amazing it is um <clears throat> but one of the neatest stories is uh i think george was in the army and he was in korea and he's okay. getting ready to come home and he called his dad, and this is in 68, and says, uh, hey, Pops, I'm coming home. Uh, I, need to, I need a car. Can you go down to the Ford dealer and pick me up a 427 Fairlane? <laughs> and, you know, of course, I'm thinking in my head what my dad would have said to me. <laughs> <laughs> there would How have been a lot of F in there somewhere. <laughs> a few of them, you know. <laughs> How about I don't even pick you up (laughs) (laughs) 
so his dad said, uh, let me see what I can do. And he, he calls around, he finds out that the uh, fair lanes with the 427s were were done in 66. Mm. In 60, you know, 67, there was nothing, you couldn't buy a 427 or anything at that point. So he tells George Jr., he said, I got you a Mustang instead. It's a 68 and it's white and it's got a 428 and, uh, and they're calling it a Cobra jet. (laughs) So I think you're going to like this car. (laughs) And George says, you know what? No, take it back. Sell it. Forget it. I I really want a big car. You know, I want a big, fast car. Oh my God. And his dad's like, maybe you need to drive this thing. (laughs) So he brought him, he picked him up at LAX in this, uh, 68, 428 Cobra jet car. It's one of 50 made, you know? And it's, it's got the, the advertised 335 horse 425 or, uh, uh, you know, 428 Cobra jet motor in it. And George ends up loving the car and he drives it for a year or so. And it's super fast and he's, you know, allegedly street racing and, Mm. you know, in Canada or something. Right. (laughs) It's legal. It was in Mexico. (laughs) Right. Yeah. At one of his farms. Mm -hmm. And, uh, But he gets the itch because the the 69 Mustang was coming out and it had this mythical 429 boss motor in it. Oh. So he ends up selling the 428 car and bought a white 69 boss 429 that he still has. Gee whiz. Today. That blows my mind. Oh yeah, he's been able to say, you know, keep the car the whole time. So I said, "Do you ever do you, do you know what happened to the the Cobra jet?" And he said, "Oh man, I really wish I had that car back." He said, uh, I sold it to my buddy, and he still has it. Oh, said, man. You're kidding me. I said, well, go get it. He said, he won't sell it to me. Oh, man. I said, you're kidding me. He's like, no, we're, we're still good friends, but he, he won't sell me the car. He goes, I, I, I sponsor the car. I put our sticker in the back window. I pay him to go race and beat on my old car, Uh-huh. and he won't sell it back to me. That dirty said, dog. Yeah, we got an arrangement with his daughter. You know, if this guy, you know, reaches his untimely demise and I'm still here, I get the car. <laughs> <laughs> we need that notarized in triplicate <laughs> yes hope, hope it doesn't come to that mm-hmm. uh but he did end up picking up a pair of white 68 cobra jets that he has now that kind of scratched that itch but you know it's it's not it's not, not the, the same car. one yeah it's, yeah it's not it's not the the cobra jet right right <clears throat> so i mean it's a different world but it's uh it, it is very cool to uh to hang out with him and, and those guys just, you know, super car enthusiast. And he was yeah. good friends with Carol Shelby and, you know, mm-hmm. he knows the, the Fords and, and all the guys that worked at Shelby. And, you know, it was, uh, it was a lot of stories. And, and I looked over and Kelly wasn't even glazing over at this point. You know, she was still interested in, oh. you know, hearing a lot of these stories. Which well, that's was a cool. win. Yeah. Right. So that's awesome. after our visit with, uh, with George, we went up a little bit further north to see our friends at ARP. Oh, good. How are our friends at ARP? They're doing great. Uh, Chris Rashke gave us a kind of a quick tour of, of some of the newer things they're working on. Um, one of the things that's so fascinating about ARP is you know, they, they make fasteners, nuts and bolts, and hardware for racing and for high-performance uh, applications. But they use a lot of old-world uh, manufacturing philosophy, if you will. Okay. So they're, they're, 
manufacturing, everything was made in the U.S. and and basically right there in Santa Paula and Ventura County, and Ventura, California. And rather than figuring out the way to make the most fasteners as cheaply as possible and just bang them out, mm-hmm. um, they're using machines. Some of them date back to like World War II. Ooh, wow. These are <clears throat> so if you if it, envision a bolt, right? You know, you got a threaded bolt. Mm-hmm. You go to the hardware store, you buy a bolt, and the end of it is a little bit rough, and then you got the threads and, you know, the head and whatnot. An ARP bolt first is made from a a uh, high-quality material, a whole bunch of different kinds, but even the most basic one is, is, you know, a high tensile. But the end is is chamfered, and it's ground, and and the Mm -hmm. head is is machined and chamfered and everything. So it's just really nice, and the threads are rolled into it. They're not cut. That's right. That's right. So it squeezes the threads into the bolt, which makes it stronger and very, very smooth and very nice. And some of the thread cutting machines or thread rollers, um, they go back, you know, decades and decades and decades, and they find these machines and restore them. And, and modify them to accept computer controls. Mm. Uh, but wow. the, the basic, you know, mm. body of the machine, you know, in some cases dates back, you know, decades and decades and decades. So it's really cool to see that kind of old world, uh, you know, again, attention to detail and philosophy with modern products, modern output. Yeah. I'm, I'm fortunate enough that, the, that this GTO engine is chock full of ARP fasteners. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, the main studs, uh, a lot of the uh, other other fasteners for uh, the intake and the water pump, timing cover, and you know fuel pump and all the other accessories are all ARP stuff. So that's great. Yeah, it is good stuff. And you know, people ask me all the time, you know, do you really need that? Do you really need these, you know, expensive bolts? And and what I tell them is, you know, like in your case, your your engine block dates back to sixty six, right? 60, or sixty eight. 68. 68 block. That's been around a long time. Yes, it certainly has. And the the rod bolts have been subjected to their, you know, stresses for mm-hmm. years and years and years. So yeah, they're, they're they're not. It's not like they're breaking, but they've had it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It it's it is it's cheap insurance to put all new stuff. I mean, I I got new uh, head bolts. I mean, the one the head bolts I had were perfectly fine, but. They're 50 years old, 50-something right. years old. And heat cycled a million times. Exactly. And, and yeah. I, I, you know what? Let's just put new head bolts in there. Right. You know, it's and worth it. You can use their modern uh, uh, thread lubricant, which ensures that they all torque evenly. And, yep. you know, everything's, everything's real nice. So it was cool to, uh, to buzz through there. Uh, every time we get out that way, I like to tour the plant and see what's up. They're catching up. They've been behind again, thanks to uh, to COVID. I think they had like that's at one point over thirty percent of their staff was you know out. Um, oh boy! I don't think they shut down during mm-hmm. during the COVID thing, but um, you know but they're catching up, which production is production was was a little bit low. Yeah, yeah, and they've got orders and orders, you know, for tons and tons of stuff, and and uh, a popular their number one seller right now. It's a good trivia question. What do you think the number one selling ARP fastener is right now? The most popular ARP fastener, I will say, are main studs. Incorrect. Mm, of course. Mm, yeah. And why would I be correct? 
Well, it used to be diesel head studs. Oh, really? Yeah, for the Ford diesel truck motors and, oh. and Chevy Duramaxes. And those have been surpassed. And and Chris is telling me that he thinks that like everybody who's going to build a diesel truck motor already has their studs now. <laughs> they oh, made really? so many of them and everybody <laughs> bought them, you know. So <laughs> the market kind of plateaued for them. But LS crank pulley bolts. Really? And flat, you know, the, the harmonic balancer bolt. That's That's the number one product right now interesting it was interesting. interesting so they're they're running the machines you know around the clock to uh, to get those things out so if you're waiting for them they're coming uh, good to know good. yeah yeah and even chip other, foos waits for parts this is correct yes <laughs> so he can work his crew three shifts mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but the other nice thing if you go to arp is Maybe you get a chance to visit their restaurant, which is just insanely wonderful. ARP has a restaurant? Yes. I never knew this. Yeah, yeah. So the the story goes that ARP used to be further south, closer to Los Angeles in the San Fernando Valley. And the owner, uh, Gary Holzapfel and his son, Mike, um, they like good food. So they used to go down into Beverly Hills to a lot of the fancy places for lunch and, and, you know, enjoy the good stuff. Well, they moved further north, and it was no longer practical to buzz down to L.A. for lunch. So they found the chef from Nobu, I believe, and brought him up and <laughs> built a restaurant. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so it's actually in the corner of one of their manufacturing buildings. Unbelievable. So you huh. go into the restaurant, and if you get the tour, like what Chris did, he, he dragged Kelly and I right past the the bar and past the bathrooms and you open this door and you go down the stairs and here you are in manufacturing of fasteners. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's great. And he calls it eating at the office, you know. So the restaurant is called Hosey's, which is uh, kind of a nickname for the owner's last name of Holzapfel, which is German. Okay. I believe it means like applewood. Okay. Uh, but... Instead of saying Holzapfel's restaurant, they called Hosey's. And Dig it. Uh, food's phenomenal. It's they print a new menu like every week because it always changes, and it's you know just fresh and wonderful food. So that that's really a great reason to go to is to uh, <laughs> no for <laughs> to go eat no at doubt. Hosey's. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. goodness, that sounds delicious. <laughs> it is. Um, and they're, you know, again, being able to, uh, we ate outside and they're looking forward to being able to eat inside and open all mm-hmm. that stuff up too. So now is that just open to ARP employees or is that nope. open to the public? Open to the public. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the first time we went there was 10 years ago, I think. Yeah. And, uh, Kelly and I were shooting some video there and Chris says, you hungry? You want to eat? And we said, uh, yeah, you know, sure we could eat. I'm thinking, you know, in and out burger or something. Right. And he's like, we're going to go over to the restaurant. Okay, fine. Well, I didn't know anything about it. Right. And uh, he said, I hope you're hungry because uh, we're just going to get some, you know, some samples of different stuff. So he starts, he points at the waiter, you know, of course he knows everybody. And he's like, oh, let's see. And he looks at me, he goes, do you like pizza? And I'm like, hey, yeah, you know, I like pizza. Goes, well, okay, let's let's get one of the, the, the margarita pizzas. And then uh, let's see, Kelly, what do you like? And he goes, do you like ceviche? And she's like, I don't think I've ever had ceviche. He's like, okay, get one of the ceviche martinis. <laughs> which is 
you know, ceviche is a, it's fish that isn't cooked kind of uh-huh. like sushi, yeah. but you, you add, um, you add stuff to it. You add stuff to it and it, yeah. and it chemically, uh, you know, kind of, it doesn't cook, but it, I forget the word, but it, it, um, it, it makes it ch- delicious because I love ceviche. Deli- yeah. Yes, it does. It <laughs> makes it delicious, in, in, in and they serve it in a martini glass, and it's got you know garnish and everything. Nice. So he's like, uh, "What about steak? You like steak?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm working on a slice of this pizza." He's like, "Well, no, put that down. You know, hey, you get us a couple of fillets. You know, so uh, <laughs> steaks come out, and you know, appetizers, and just round after round after round." Oh my gosh! And meanwhile, the local uh, city council is actually having a meeting. In the, in the restaurant and the wine distributor is there that night so he's got bottles and bottles of samples of wine that he's trying to you know get the restaurant to buy and anybody else who's there he's basically you know pitching all this wine to mm-hmm. and of course being in, in california he's got access to some really really good stuff so chris is like hey you got to meet the wine guy bring a few bottles over so he lines up you know probably six bottles on the on the table and i'm just trying a little bit of each one because I'm, I'm really not you know a huge wine guy i like certain things you know a lot of it i don't but i'm like ooh, this one's this one's good i like this one yeah i have another you know so i think i ended up having a bottle and a half of this stuff oh my god uh well we were there for like five hours i mean it was, it was and a you're big... snockered at the end of it <laughs> i really wasn't because it was just no. sold so much food oh and so long, right you right know, right to through all this but I really like that wine. So Kelly writes down what it is, you know, because I think we'll go buy some later. And the next day we go to the grocery store and she's looking at the rack and she's like, no, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. Oh, wait a minute. There's a locked up thing over here, like a display case. Oh, <laughs> well, there it is. And it was, it was a Camus, which is a Central California winery. And this was the special select. And it was, I think, a 2009. So it was like two years old at the time. Mm-hmm. It's like 180 bucks a bottle. Jeez. <laughs> Woo. No wonder you like it, dummy. <laughs> yeah. That's a long way from Boone's Farm. Holy oh, cow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pass the Thunderbird. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Give me some Mad Dog, please. Oh, yes. Yeah. Keep me uh, going on some Ripple. Right. <laughs> I love Morgan it. David, you know. Yeah. So, um... Anyway, that that's what that experience is. If you get to go to Hosey's, it's it's just uh, it's like being at your family's house. You know, it's just really really cool. Cool, man. Why not? And, and that whole trip was uh, it was really great. We got great friends. Uh, you know, had some great experiences. Drove a cool car. Hung out with cool people, and and just really had a good time. And I I went to a local uh, antique store in Hermosa Beach. And and found a couple of issues of Hot Rod magazine, of course, the one with Cadzilla on the cover. Perfect. Yes, and then uh, this one is uh, the September '96 issue, which is the the first time I ever appeared in Hot Rod magazine. Is in this one from the uh, the Power Tour '96. Our buddy That's Paul awesome. And I are, are in that one with Gray Baskerville signing his Cavalier. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the Power Turd. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And, and I, I have co- both of these copies, but they're all torn up and, you know, in a uh. box. And, and this gentleman, Mr. John Petzold in Manhattan Beach, California, apparently he had a subscription to Hot Rod and he took them out of the mailbox and put them in a hermetically sealed shelf because they're wow. perfect. I don't even think they've ever been opened before. 
So I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. You know, this, uh, the Cadzilla issue has the poster in it still. And I was going to ask you. Oh yeah. It's nice. Not, not screwed up at all. And, uh, it was funny. I told Randy at lunch, I said, dude, I got an issue, you know, from of hot rod for, with the Cadzilla thing in it. He's like, oh yeah, where'd you find it? I said, this is an antique store. And he's like, oh man, an antique store. <laughs> What's it doing I? there? It doesn't belong <laughs> yeah, there. Right. <laughs> it's not that old. I just uh, shot it last week. Yeah, you know, well, it's been around a little bit. So uh, anyway, that was it was cool. You know, some nice little little thing. We stayed in a hundred and ten year old cottage. Oh man, it's uh, so there's a house. In Redondo Beach, it's it's a few blocks off the beach and kind of away from all the, the the madness of the you know the city. And there's a house in the front part of the property, and then there's two cottages like in the backyard, you know, one behind the next. Mm-hmm. And they were built as vacation cottages in 1912, I think. Unbelievable. And they've been in operation continuously ever since. That's a, that is something. Yeah, and today they're like a vacation rental by owner thing or whatever, uh-huh. Airbnb or something. And uh, the the woman that owns them is from Australia, and she was very nice. She came in and we chatted with her for a while, and and uh, her son's got a VW bus, and you know, of course, it oh, all went to cars as we were chatting. You know. But uh, they this these old cottages are they've been updated with you know modern electricity and stuff. They don't look like they're that old, but you know you know that they're old and. It was, it was quiet. It was not a hotel. Mm. So it was Perfect. a great trip. Yeah, really, all the way around. Yeah, it sounds like everything just went off without a hitch for you. You came back refreshed yep. and decompressed and clear mind. I don't know about that. but Oh, come on. Yes, yes, you, yes you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> I'm trying to believe that, you know. Yeah. Got a, a, you know, a bunch of other ideas and stuff to do, but uh, it was good. Oh, nice. Good for you, man. I can't wait to go on a vacation here pretty soon. I don't yeah. know where I'm going to go, but uh, I'm going to go somewhere. Well, I guess the the travel advice I have is if you're going to do it, make sure that you can do something wherever you get to and that it's not all locked down. That's good. That's good advice. Because that's what we were concerned with. Like, we're going to fly out there and not be able to do anything. Yeah. But, uh, we could oh, do... Man. Just enough. You know, we couldn't go to the museum. We couldn't go to the Peterson Museum and get the tour because it's closed. Mm. But, you know, we, we saw people and you know, whatever. So it was good. Nice, man. Good for you. Good yeah. for you, both, both of you. I'm glad you both got to go out there and, and kind of hang out and do stuff and not work, not be at an event. Right. You know, because you, you get to travel, like, you know, for Bonnie Air and when you, when you do SEMA and, and all that good stuff. And, uh, but you're working. Well, if you call it that. Well, yeah, I I agree, but you're 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 occupied with something that you're contracted to do, not right. just doing your own thing. Right. I can't just stand there on the beach and and watch right. my old college roommate's kid learn how to surf like I Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I got to be somewhere and do something and mm-hmm. be responsible. But I'm not complaining about my job to be No, able to do no, stuff, nor should you. No. It's a pretty no. good gig. But you're right, having a clear schedule is uh, it's a luxury every once in a while. Yeah. Amen. Speaking of luxuries, I bet these people want to hear these answers to these trivia questions. Is that a luxury to hear? It is a luxury. <laughs> it is a luxury. 
All right. Yeah, I know. I uh, I rambled on for quite a while, but it was an exciting. No, it's good stories. Good, good stuff. I'm glad you, glad we got to hear about it. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So our trivia question answers. Uh, you go first. You asked me. I don't remember what was I, it. I asked you about the what were the two cars uh, in the Beach Boys song "Shut Down." Yeah. And you kind of hemmed and hawed a little bit, and you came up with a Corvette and a super stock Dodge. And, well, Kevin, the answer is, if you hear it in your head, it's a, a fuel-injected Stingray and a 413. And so you, are right. yeah. <laughs> you are correct. You are correct. A fuel-injected Stingray is a Corvette, yes. and a 413 was a super stock Dodge. <laughs> Oh, that is too funny. Oh, Nicely man. done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, you a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> you're still getting really, it. it. That was purely subliminal. I, I, that came from not my conscious mind. So <laughs> I told you, I heard that song a billion times. Oh, sure. All these DJs, sure. so I can't, can't get away from it. All Nicely right. well, done. Thank you. Um in your case, the question for yeah. you was, what was the only GMA body that came with a lower front air dam or spoiler? Mm-hmm. And your answer was kind of a, we'll even get to specific, a yellow 70 Buick GS. Mm-hmm. And that is correct. Whoa, yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! Yeah, specifically GSX, um, which was yellow. And it had this lower... It's a real deep scoop thing. Next time you see one, it's it's a uh, it's a pretty deep chin spoiler. And <clears throat> recently, I was uh, looking at a picture of that car, and I went, "Yeah, that's just such a natural for that that lower spoiler." Right. I look at a Chevelle, never came with it. Look nope. at a GTO, never came with them. Look at the Oldsmobile, didn't have them. And they kind of missed the boat because the you know Camaros Camaros you could get them, but yep, uh, not the A body. So very good. Thank you. Oh, man, that feels right. Feels good. Yeah, see, it's all great, man. Go on vacation, and everybody gets a trivia question right. Everybody wins. Everybody gets a trophy today. That's right. Nice <laughs> weather. I can see how clean your garage is in the background. Oh, yeah, man. thank you. Yeah, I don't have a pile of crap piled up on the car. Uh, you, you text me that picture of your, your list of things to do on the GTO. Yeah, yeah. And, and so many of them are done now. When was that list from? I couldn't even tell you. I mean, it had to be, had to be four years ago, at least. Oh, easily because you. One of the things you had on there was the steering box. Yeah, and I think you did that like a long time. Ago. I well, I, had, I never did it. I oh, never got the box. Right. I got. Um, I got uh, a thing from a power steering place. Uh, I got the. Uh, the valve that goes on the back of the steering box that's supposed to up the pressure that's necessary, but right. uh, I never got the box itself yet. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought you got the box. Well, that's good. It, it's great to be able to find those old lists and see that, you know, you yeah. knocked a bunch of that stuff yeah. off. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. I'm like, holy cow, I, I actually got some of this accomplished. Amazing. Right. Yeah. Well, that's good. See, you had a great day, too. It was a good day. It was a Everybody great day. had a good day. Hopefully, if you're listening, you had a good day as well. Out <laughs> right there on. in podcast land. Is it a place? Pod, it used to be radio land. You know? Yeah, <laughs> right. Podcast land. <laughs> All right. Okay. We hear you. We'll wrap it up. So thank you for uh, tuning in to this uh, podcast land of V8 Radio. 
And it's been a lot of fun. If you like this kind of stuff, feel free to click that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Um, if you go to the website, v8radio.com, or our Facebook page, one of the little bonuses there is you can see the, uh, the image that goes along with each episode. This is true. And a fine image they are. Uh, sometimes. Yeah. Um, I got to think of what would be a good image for this episode. Maybe one of your renderings. Oh, there you go. That's a good idea. Hey, how about that? You must hey. have been listening. <laughs> I was, my mind was going to be a picture of the beach I shot. <laughs> so you'll, you'll have to go to the website to find out. It's like the trivia question. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. And uh, hopefully our next episode is just as happy and fun as this one. And uh, for, for VA Radio, I'm Kevin Oste, and that's Mike Clark. And uh, we're reminding you to uh, keep as much of the rubber on the ground as you can, even if it's all going up in smoke. See you next time. <laughs>